Before we start this episode, we would like to acknowledge that we are on Gadigal land and the land on which we're both gathered is, was, and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, and welcome to Trans Hotcons, a show made by trans people for trans people, or just anyone who's a hot cunt in general. Uh, we're going to talk about all things related to being trans, our experiences, and uh, tell you what it's like to live our lives and uh, tell you about some stories from our perspective. Okay, well, everyone, today we have our first guest on the show. Say hello, Hallie. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Hallie. Um, I'm 16. My pronouns are uh, they, he, she, whatever. Yeah, I really mind. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm 16. I live in Sydney. I mean, act. I like acting. And I like sort of. Um, I also like fashion and stuff. I also just like. Um, oh, I love listening to Lana Ray and Lord. Oh my god! I, oh my god! <laughs> um, and I love <laughs> movies, especially horror movies and like psychological thrillers. What's your favorite horror movie? Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, okay. Ooh. Don't judge me, but I think uh, Midsummer. How would I judge that? Midsummer is like I know I love, an I love, it. I love it. amazing movie. You know I I, love what I unironically really enjoyed. What the Babadook? Um. <laughs> oh my god! No, no! Oh my god! No shame! Actually, shame! Actually, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> It was I, really good. I hated that movie. No, when he started I, crawling on the wall, I was like, get down. Get <laughs> down. Did you see <laughs> that it, like, accidentally got um got put into, like, under the category of Netflix, under LGBT movies? <laughs> Why? On, like, they just accidentally put it instead of horror. They, like, put it in the wrong category. <laughs> and then there were all these things like the B in LGBT stands for Babadook. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. So today we wanted to talk about a bunch of different things to do with like fashion and clothes and all that fun stuff. The Met Gala. The Met Gala. You, Hallie, you tell us your favourite look first. Is it my favourite look first? Oh my yeah. god. Okay, okay, this is hard. Okay, probably um, Barbie Fiara. Um, oh yeah. No, I loved her pearl look. I thought it was giving elegance. It was sticking to the theme of like that sort, of, like that sort of like American sort of style because it was giving that sort of old Hollywood. What's yeah. What's yours, Brianna? Um, I'd have to say my favorite was Grimes, just because like I fucking love Grimes and the fact that she wore a sword and like it was inspired by the film Dune, which I love, and she's just amazing. I love Grimes, but I'd have to say Hunter after that. I would say hunters look first but because oh, Hunter's one was amazing yeah i should mention that one i think yeah no, I think so good Hunters might be my second as well it's so yeah. fucking good like the like forehead sort of like yeah. metal starfish kind of accessory thing she did and like the contacts it was so cool this um this entire episode is just gonna like expose that i don't know about like a lot of them and i'm gonna have to like google them on the spot <laughs> Who's your favorite, Oliver? Who do you? Um, who are you aware of? Um, I'm aware of a few. I I really liked Nikki Tutorials. Oh, okay. I I just looked at Nikki Tutorials. I looked it up. I love that she has the um. Because isn't it is it partly a remembrance back to um, uh, Marsha Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wait, she did um. She did it like because she has the sash that's like the pay it no mind, but then she's also got the 
like the flower head thingy, yeah, like yeah. the head, which is the same as in like the really famous photo of Marsha P. Johnson. Can we talk about something? This is like off topic of the Met Gala, but I just want to bring attention to this. I was looking for Nikki Zutorial's Met Gala look to um, like draw some opinions from. And upon typing her name in to the Google search bar, three of the most searched results that I found like below were Nikki Tutorials as a boy, Nikki Tutorials before transition, and Nikki Tutorials is actually a man. It makes me think about the fact that like there's a reason people don't come out because and this is also, the shit that people say. There's also a lot to say about Nikki Tutorials because she was like forced to come out. She didn't even... Exactly. Wait, Honestly, what? How was she forced to come out? I didn't hear this. She was like blackmailed into coming out as trans mm-hmm. by like, who was it? Like a manager guy or something had... Was... Someone who knew was basically like, you claim to be authentic and honest to all your fans, but like you're hiding this, which is such a like horrible message to act like you're being deceptive just for not disclosing something that you don't have to disclose to people. Exactly. And so she literally like had no intention of like, you know, ever telling her fan base that she was trans, which is like absolutely acceptable because she's met with shit like that. But it's just awful that she was forced to against her own will. But I think it is really awesome that she, like, because she beat them to it. She was like, I'm taking yeah. an hour back and, you know, telling my story myself before they do that. And now she's, like, speaking up a lot for the community and that sort of thing. So she's, like, taken, you know, the best she can with the situation she was presented with. But I, I just, I kind of love it because it's rare that there's a trans woman or trans person in general like that that has this incredible career and is like extremely prolific in their industry um and like it's not known about them that they're trans and they're in the position that like um they can like come out later in life after doing all this other shit in their career I think that's so cool because that never happens like with people like Hunter Schaefer and stuff like that it's always established at the beginning of their career and then they're like branded and imprinted as like a trans figurehead but it's so cool to me that nikki tutorials can go years in this industry and it's not even known and then like can just reveal it like oh by the way like that's so cool to me yeah and especially because she's just like you know like doing her thing and it's like i mean i don't even like i hadn't even really heard about her much before all this because she's very much like an mua and i'm not really into the beauty community but like I think it's so cool that she had, you know, like built up so much in that community and she still has such a following in that community. Yeah. And I think she even has like a bigger following since coming out. Like more people have really been inspired by her. And I'm, I really love that. Yeah. And that kind of leads into like how kind of clothing and fashion can help with like expression. Um, yeah, no, I, I find this really helpful <laughs> a lot. Um, I felt like Clothes are so much easier to change than, you know, like, aspects of your face, I guess, or, like, of your body. If, if your body, they can feel just, like, dysphoric and stuff, I find it helpful that clothes can sort of, like, be a different way of expressing um, different, like, gender expression, I guess. I don't know. I really, it's something I, I, th- I, th- I think it's something that I find a lot of comfort in. We wanted to also talk about um, sexuality and labels, right? Did you want to start with that one, Hallie? Well, okay, here's the thing, right? I don't know what my gender is at the moment, TBH, <laughs> lol. But I, I just, I know that I'm attracted to men and only men. Like, 
since I feel like this is a very rare, rare experience. Like not many people go through this, but I feel like from most, like from you know, from the age of ten when I started like finding out about my sexuality, it was never really a question if I liked men or not. It was just sort of like I definitely do, and there was never a question if I was attracted to women. I was just like I do not. I'm not attracted to women, and ever since then, it's never like it's never really. I never really question it to be honest. People, I feel like a lot of people act like that's how everyone. That's how everyone is, and that's how everyone who's queer is. But for a lot of people, it's not that simple. I reckon there's a lot to be said about, like, you know, understanding your sexuality so clearly, but then also, like, the thing of, like, when you don't know what your gender is, it's kind of hard to label it, which I feel like would kind of be an experience with you, Hallie. Yeah, 1,000%. Like, I know who I'm attracted to, definitely, but I just don't know... Um, what that label would be because I'm questioning my gender. Because <laughs> I'm sort of like, um, I'm just sort of like, as a non-binary person, do I feel like gay? Because, but like, because like, you know, I'm in the past identified as gay because when I identified as a guy, it was like, you know, a boy loving men, like men loving men. But now it's like, <laughs> what, like, what is it now? Like, so I usually, I usually just sort of say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm into men and only men. I feel like with me, my experience has kind of been like, I had that like certainty from really young about being attracted to women. I I did identify as a lesbian because at the time I wasn't attracted to men, but it was just always kind of like the focal point was just like I knew I liked women, which I guess kind of transitioning for me, I don't know. It was a thing of like once I started hormones, I like my sexuality shifted, which is a strange thing, but it's also experience a lot of people have had um a lot of like I don't know a lot of trans men I've spoken to have like once they've become more comfortable in their transition or like once they've gone on testosterone have like started being attracted to men which I don't really know why I don't know kind of what's behind that there's probably some sort of explanation but you actually told me I remember like when we were talking earlier in my transition you actually told me that like transitioning will cause your I guess like sexuality to change as your like gender evolves or like you question more of your sexuality as your gender evolves I remember we used to talk about that and it's I mean I guess it's true for me (laughs) so like you're pan right Brianna yeah I mean I identify as pan just because um I like I mean I'm in a lesbian relationship so I guess in that way like yeah yeah (laughs) I'd say I'm a lesbian but also I've like been open to everything you're you're in a lesbian relationship you're fully straight (laughs) yeah no I'm het guys yeah yeah. no but like um before you realized you were trans did you ever think you did you did you ever think you were just directed to one gender or or like well no that's the thing I've my sexuality has kind of just been confused like for a lot of my life and there was a period where I thought I was just like heterosexual male to like by questioning to even like uh like gay male to then being like heterosexual female to being like questioning by pen females I've kind of like experienced all sides of things because it's always changing and the thing and this is why I think I'm pan the thing that always stays the same is that I've never been attracted to like the wide range or spectrum of any gender. It has only been like the very particular person that I've developed an attraction to or like an interest right, in, right. which is why I wouldn't say I'm attracted to all women because I'm not or attracted to all men in general. It's always yeah. like that one person. Yeah, I get that. Which I guess is that like 
kind of the thesis of pansexuality. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like attractions of people rather than like the gender of. Yeah, like I don't even consider their gender in like my attraction to that person. They're just like a person. But I also enjoy like aspects of lesbianism being in a lesbian relationship. So, I feel like for me, it's like I kind of have really strongly identified as bi for like a year, which it took me a long time to kind of like. I don't know. It's just a label that's kind of fit with me in a way that's like, because I've kind of felt that my attraction to different genders is different. And that's my experience kind of of sexuality, which is kind of like why I identify more with bi. So did you experience, I don't know, maybe you've like already answered this and I'm just being really stupid, but did you experience much attraction to like the male gender pre-transition or did that purely come about post-transition? like completely after it was really not like a thing I was very much like before I questioned my gender I was very sure in my sexuality and then I guess kind of I also think a big part of it it was like as with all the dysphoria I was experiencing I couldn't see myself in a straight relationship with a man that seemed horrid to me yeah it just seemed like a really kind of gross experience for me and I think that like A big part of that is like with transitioning, I kind of found that I'm really like the idea of kind of like gay experiences and like a gay relationship. I really like that. And that's something that makes me feel really comfortable and like affirmed and contrasting that with like being with a man as a woman would feel just like disgusting to me, which I think is a big part of it and why kind of transitioning allowed me to realize like, oh, I really like gay relationships, which is a completely different dynamic to if I was in a straight relationship with a man. Yeah, I mean, I always, I I guess um, when I was like younger, I guess I had like this idea of what a relationship dynamic would look like and how, you know, I never envisioned myself being more of like a masculine role, I guess. I always envisioned myself being like the feminine role in a relationship, although... I'm not going to expose information about my relationship <laughs> right now, but that is not the case. <laughs> I've, I mean, I think that's the beauty of like a same sex relationship or like, you know, my relationship at least is that it's so fluid and that I think there's no set role between us. It's, it's just like, you yeah, know, that's beautiful. it's completely fluid. Yeah. Um, and I feel like gender is like a major influence in relationship dynamics and people think that, um, gender sort of indicates that there has to be a certain way you behave in a relationship though I don't believe that that's true um and anyone should just do whatever they want to be comfortable you know yeah I think yeah I think it really is interesting to kind of like look into the the way that like sexuality is kind of I think it is explored almost more deeply by trans people because it's kind of something that you're forced to explore because it comes with like people will be questioning you and asking you questions about your sexuality and it kind of it like it forces you kind of into that questioning and thinking about it more broadly which is I think why you know there are like quite a lot of trans people that are like queer or don't define their sexuality because it kind of makes you think more broadly about gender and like about labels and about all of that stuff I think um you know going back to the fashion thing this is like really weird but I find bandanas like, I wear a lot of my bandanas, right? And I think the reason why I find them really comforting is because 
I it makes me feel really like it, it, it makes me feel like less historic sort of um because it, it just it frames my head in like a more feminine shape and I get styled like a more feminine way and the way it shapes my head and like just the whole thing of it it makes me feel a lot more like it just like it just it's like it's just like a certain object that I found like I've been weirdly attached to and the reason why is because I find it, it makes me feel a lot less historic. And yeah, I, I don't know, but like I was wondering if y'all have had like an experience with like a certain like clothing object, which made you feel like a lot less historic or something. Sorry, Oliver, if you wanted to talk, but I just thought it was funny because I literally had that exact experience with bandanas when my hair used to be a lot shorter. Like, before. <laughs> like no, literally in the like early stage of my transition when my hair was like quite short, I used to wear a lot of bandanas because I thought it like, help to feminize my yes, hair when I was shorter and I, I used to love that <laughs> yeah and I think it's so important to find something even if it's simple like bandanas that can help you like experience your idea of gender or like yeah um that can help you vocalize or express physically yeah. how you feel on the inside even if it is like a small thing like bandana I love it Oliver have you ever had anything like that I mean for me it was more like um it's kind of it's annoying because there's not really like a thing that I can kind of say that's as like kind of nice and like you know for me it was just like binding all the time um (laughs) it was the only thing that kind of for me affirmed um presentation for me because it was like the only thing I could kind of control in my head where it was like something that I could very much you know, control all the time. And that is an issue that's, and that's not something I'm here to glamorize at all because people need to bind safely. Um, for me, that was definitely a, a thing. But then like, now that I've had top surgery, it's very much a strange feeling of like, that was the one thing that I kind of felt like I needed all the time. So it's nice to feel kind of like, yeah, not having to need that. But then it's also an experience I've had, which um uh, quite a few trans men I've spoken to have had is kind of the experience of like after top surgery getting more bottom dysphoria which was something I had at first and then I kind of like had a bit of a self-revelation moment and self-love all that and I was like no I'm happy but I think a big thing is like you know looking at yourself um in an unbiased perspective. I don't know what tangent that went to or where I went there. <laughs> uh, for this episode art segment, I have chosen a song that is very close to my heart um, because it is my band song. Um, I'm honestly surprised it took up to the third episode for me to play with myself. But anyways, um, it is my band, uh, Guy Rising, and this is our debut single, What Are We Waiting For? Um, it's our first release song. So that's really exciting. It happened quite recently. Um, my band is a queer band, um, the lead singer is a non-binary drag queen, Auntie Vesna, um, she is incredible, um, also the lead guitarist, and honestly, like, such an insanely talented multi-instrumentalist, it's, like, nuts, um, and on Cynthia Dorian Blue, who is a queer gender-fluid drag king, um, who also does backing vocals, and screams in some of our songs which is fucking incredible on stage um and i am on sometimes guitar sometimes bass depends on the day uh and backing vocals and we have a literal unicorn on bass you have to check this out to you know 
figure out what that means, but literally unicorn. And our drummer is Leiuch, um, and he is also literally our personal bodyguard. Um, so what are we waiting for is kind of a song just about like letting go of fear and just jumping into things. It's honestly been really empowering for me and the process of recording of it was really empowering, but I do hope that people feel that from also listening to it. Um, and it's something that took a really long time and like we poured a lot of ourselves into like really making something that we thought would, you know, inspire people and uplift people. So here it is. Um, thank you for listening to episode number three of THC. As always, everyone on here is in the podcast description as well as the art segment. Um, everyone's always linked there. So make sure you check everything out and we will chat with you again next week. See you.